So praise to him. Hallelujah. The Lord's good to you. I pray, appreciate him tonight. I praise the Lord. You can be seated and we'll just go ahead and get into our lesson tonight. And I uh, just want to say I appreciate you being here. Don't forget um, that if, you, if you're donating uh, school supplies for the, the back to school bash in, at the end of this month, if you go to the dollar store now, they, they at least the one in Crawford anyway, it was loaded up today, and man, everything in it was a dollar. I mean, there were notebook paper, pencils, pads, whatever you wanted. So if you were wanting to buy something and didn't want to spend a bunch of money, just run by the dollar store. They've got that Dollar General. They've got plenty of things, and, and we're going to help. I think we're going to try to give up at least 150 backpacks away this time. So um, that, that'll be a great day, and so we're working on stocking those just threw that out there so you would know what uh, we were doing. And that will be on July the 27th, I believe that is. Yes, right here at the church. So uh, everybody's invited. If you know kids that need school supplies and things, if you can, you know, the first 150 here, and we may have a few extra after that, but, um, you know, we'll give those away. And, and last year it turned out really great. It was a great blessing for these kids. Tonight I'm going to be reading... Um, a lot from the book of John chapter 11 and if you want to turn there so you can just look at scriptures I'm not going to read the whole chapter because that would just take up most of the, the lesson uh, John chapter 11 deals practically with one story and that is the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead but I want to uh, just examine some points and speak on this topic life lessons from Lazarus death some things I've learned about living from Lazarus dying we always talk about him being raised from the dead but there was a, a lot of things happening uh, before he ever came out of that tomb there was a lot of lessons the whole chapter is not just about the miracle it's more about God's purpose and God's glory and what God does when situations go from bad to worse in our life. There's a lot of things that we can learn from this story about Lazarus dying. Uh, I will read uh, just a few scriptures here. Uh, the first few, John 11 says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment, wiped his feet, with her hair and whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was and that is uh, in this story especially after you read through it and you go back and look to see how Jesus responds to situations in our life what can I learn from what Jesus is doing right here because we're going to have trouble in our life and we're going to have things that come against us and not just light things but very serious things and how do I 
uh, learn to trust the Lord? Well, if you read about what he does, you start to learn about how he responds. And if you can see how he responds, you learn to trust him and you learn to trust his ways. You learn when you read through the scripture that if I don't always hear a response, it doesn't mean he doesn't know. Uh, Job said, I looked all around for him and I couldn't perceive him. But what I do know and what never changed in all of that is that I know he knows the way that I take. In other words, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their cries. God is always watching over his people. And he is a protector. He is a provider. He's a deliverer. He's a strong tower that the righteous run into and they are safe. But when I break these scriptures down, just read them and look and see how uh, he does things, you see in verse 3 that his sisters, the sisters of Lazarus, Mary and Martha, it says, they sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Now, I don't know if it was a letter or if they sent a messenger, uh, a runner to go tell him, but this is like a prayer. They sent a prayer to Jesus and said, Lord, Lazarus, whom you love, he's sick. Well, they want him to heal him. I'm sure if they prayed and let him know, they wouldn't just, hey, let me just give you a little information, Lord. Uh, Lazarus is sick. They were wanting a healing for their brother. And when Jesus heard this, and that's in verse 4, it says, when Jesus heard that, Jesus hears your prayer. And you need to remember that because uh, in this timeline, we see the natural. I don't know exactly how far and how many hours away Jesus was from that town where Lazarus was laying sick. Uh, but there was a period of time it took for the message to get to him. But as soon as it got there, he heard the prayer. He heard the request. And I want you to know that when you pray, he hears what you're asking for. You've got to have confidence that Jesus knows what you need and what you want. And immediately when he hears this, he makes a statement. And I don't know if anybody else was around that heard this message uh, or anything else. But Jesus states that this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Immediately Jesus speaks an answer that cannot be changed. He's got an answer for your prayer. These are things you need to learn while, and I need to learn while we are living for the Lord in this world, is that he hears your prayer and he has an answer. When he spoke that, they didn't hear it. When he spoke that, they didn't know what he said. I'm sure they would have been very encouraged to all of a sudden hear, well, that's great to know that this is for the glory of God. I'm glad that must mean something great is going to happen uh, but he, they didn't hear that answer right away, and you don't always hear an answer right away, and neither do I. You see, sometimes people think that pastor has an, an answer immediately right away. But you know, there was one man of God in the Scripture, he said, the Lord's doing something, and evidently he's hid it from me. Sometimes the Lord don't show your pastor <laughs> because... He's trying to do something for you that he needs you to know. And sometimes he might be teaching pastor a lesson, how to trust him more and how to listen closer and how to see what he's trying to work out. So no matter how desperate things are, you can be sure that Jesus hears 
what you're praying about. You can be sure that Jesus understands and knows and that he has an answer that will always bring glory to God. Psalm 116 and 1 says, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice. Well, there's a lot of things that uh, you can think about right there. And number one is that you be careful what you say because he hears your voice. He, he, he don't just tune in when it's prayer. He's always listening. It ain't like, oh, somebody's praying and his ears come on. No, he, he's listening when you're talking at the dinner table, when you're talking on the phone. And he can read text pretty good too. So uh, you need to know that he hears that. But this psalmist said here, I love the Lord because he's heard my voice. In other words, I, I need somebody that is listening. I need, when I'm in trouble, uh, I cried unto the Lord and he delivered me. He heard me and he delivered me. And I need somebody that knows what I'm praying about and that there's an answer. Now, Romans 8 and 28 says that all things work together for good to them who love God and are the called according to his purpose. So with that scripture in mind, you look at uh, what Lazarus is going through. But it's not just Lazarus being affected here. It's his sisters as well because they are watching him wither away. They're watching him in this sickness, and they're getting desperate, and they're getting a little anxiety. They're getting stressed out because they know what Jesus can do. They've sent a prayer to him. They just haven't got an answer yet. And so it's not just Lazarus that is going through this sickness, but his sisters are going through it as well. And everyone is in their own little place now trying to figure out how do I navigate through this time in my life, waiting on the Lord. But all things, even this sickness, because the Lord said this sickness is not unto death, but it is for the glory of God. So all things work together for good to them who love God. We know that they love Jesus. Jesus loved them. He loved Mary, Martha, and he loved Lazarus, and, and who are the called according to his purpose. So it's for our good, but it's for his glory. And God's going to get the glory, and, and he's going to always do the greater miracle. We think the greater miracle would have been, why didn't he just speak the word when he heard that and Lazarus was, was fixed, Lazarus was healed, Lazarus was made whole. He can do that. He, he did it for the centurion and his uh, servant. He could just speak the word and, and he'd be made whole. But he had a plan. Something needed to be worked out. So it's for our good. Remember, whatever you're going through is for your good, but it's for his glory. The Bible says we're the light of the world and we're supposed to let our light shine so that People will see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. You know what those good works are sometimes? It's not always helping people across the road or taking them groceries. Sometimes it's standing faithful with God in the middle of a trial or test. And that's where they see God getting glory because you trust God when your world's falling out. When things are falling out from under you and you keep praising God. and so That's a good work. And that gets God glory because like, I'm tell you what, most people would have quit, but they keep hanging on because they keep saying, the Lord is my strength. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm more than a conqueror through him. They just keep uh, encouraging themselves in the Lord instead of giving up. And that brings God glory. So sometimes for God to show people uh, glory or his glory and for him to be glorified, he's going to let us go through some things. It's not going to always be like, whoo, look at my new house. Glory to God. 
Look at my new car. Glory to God. Look at my new this. And my, sometimes it's going to be like, I got a bad report from the doctor, but God's still good. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just lost my job, but God's still good. I, I just lost, uh, you know, uh, my home, but hey, God is still great, and he's still greatly to be praised, and I'm going to always have a praise on my lips. And now God's getting glory while you're suffering. God was getting glory while Jesus was suffering. And Paul and Silas were suffering, but God was getting glory. And sometimes Job was suffering, but God was getting glory. And sometimes we're going to suffer, and that's how God's going to get that glory. And it's not because God's vain and he needs that. He's trying to show people that there are people who will trust him even when things are tough. That's some life lessons from the death of Lazarus that I have, uh, that I have learned over the years. And also I've learned that the, his response, the Lord's response to my situation is always glory. He's going to get the glory. He's going to get the glory if he tells me yes, and he's going to get the glory if he tells me no. <laughs> because his answer, yes or no, will always be perfect and right and right for the situation. And so uh, another lesson that you can learn in these first few verses, in like verse number 5, after the Lord has said, here's my answer. It's not unto death, but for the glory of God, so the Son of God could be glorified. It says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister, and Lazarus. Do not forget that Jesus loves you. That is so simple. And we, and we equate that phrase too often to a nursery rhyme. Jesus loves me, this I know. You know, And that's a great song to teach kids. They need to learn it at an early age. But there's some grown-ups that need to remember that whenever something is going wrong, Jesus still loves you. Martha was worried, Mary was worthy, she was worried, and Lazarus was dying, but Jesus loved them still. He did not stop loving them just because their situation got bad. He didn't stop loving them just because they were having panic attacks because their brother was laying in bed with a fever or he was, uh, couldn't breathe or whatever was happening to him. I don't know what was happening to Lazarus. It didn't say, it just said he was sick and he was going to die, and I don't know what, how bad it was. Was it painful? Was he crying out in pain? I don't know what the situation was in that household, but I can guarantee you, uh, you know you don't want to sit and watch somebody you love uh, sick, and you sure don't want to watch them die in front of you. It was an awful situation. It does not mean Jesus has stopped loving people because things get bad. He still loves you. And if he loves you, he will love you all the time because he is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And the Bible says a friend loveth at all times. And so I need to turn that back on to me. Am I his friend? That means I need to love him at all times. When I'm going through things, I need to still love him because he's already done so much for me. He's washed my sins away, filled me with the Holy Ghost, and he's blessed me daily with benefits. I can't ever outgive him and can never even reckon up in total the number of, of benefits he's given me. So I need to love him at all times as well. In verse 6, it says that after Jesus had heard 
that Lazarus was sick, that he abode two days still in the same place where he was. If Jesus does not answer right away, it is not because he is trying to figure out the solution. It is not because your answer is on back order. His delay is intentional because his ways are not our ways and his timing is not always our timing. And the fact that things get worse or were getting worse for Lazarus is no surprise to Jesus. That Lazarus was going to die did not catch him off guard. He knew, I'm going to stay here two days and then Lazarus is going to die. I know that, but I'm not moving yet. Listen, time and circumstance do not bind Jesus. He is not bound by the physical laws of this world. He's the creator of this world. And he doesn't have to be there right away or Lazarus will die. Because if he dies, he's the resurrection and the life. Now, you could have the most skilled, gifted, uh, talented doctor in this world. But if you bring him somebody four days dead, he's going to say, there ain't a thing I can do. You mean all that training and all you went through, you can't do? No, I can't do anything. Matter of fact, if they, if they go on for about 10 minutes or so, most of the time they say in time of death because they realize that it's past their capabilities to do anything. But it is never past the capability of God to do something. And we need to remember that even if Jesus is not speaking to us right away, even though we've sent a prayer and we know, hey, this is what's going on, he understands it all. He realizes what's happening and how things are progressing or how they are regressing. And he knows that it doesn't matter if I'm there right now. This is for the glory of God. Whatever you are facing and going through, God is trying to get the glory He is not unkind, and he is not uncaring. We just read that he loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, but he still waited two days before he decided to make a move. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5 and 7, to cast your care on him because he careth for you. He cares about what you're going through. He cares about you being sad. He cares about you being desperate. But sometimes he's got to allow us to walk in those valleys and to walk in those hard times so we can learn to trust him. If you never had a need, the old song said, through it all. And if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. And I wouldn't know what faith in God could do. And we need to realize sometimes that, hey, I'm... Just, you know, I'd like to just go on record now, God. I trust you, so don't send me no trials. <laughs> I'm going on record right now in front of all these people. I believe you can do anything. I trust you with everything. Don't let me get sick. Don't let me lose my job, whatever. I'm fine. I don't need to be like Job. I believe in Job. It's, it was one, I read about it. Don't let me go through it. But you have to. You're going to go through it so that you can grow because you can say that. But if, if it was easy street all the way, you would start losing your faith in what God could do. And we have to go through these things. And so God is not unkind. He's not uncaring. But he is sovereign and he is perfect and he is the master. Jesus knows what is best 
He knows what is needed, and he knows when it is needed. No matter what transpires from the time we pray until the time that he answers, he knows it all, and every bit of it is part of his plan. There are things he will let break so he can mend it more perfectly. I'll say that again. Sometimes there is a problem that we just can't see. Maybe we feel like things are off, but we just... uh, You ever heard somebody say, well, they're not going to get better until they hit rock bottom. And sometimes the Lord knows that, you know, I'm going to have to let this get really bad to get their attention. It happens. And it's... Awful as that sounds for us as we think, whoo, I don't want to ever have to be in that boat. I would rather be in that boat than be lost. I would rather him do what it took to get me on the right path than to leave me wandering and straying and not trusting him. Now, Lord, I am not asking for anything. But I'm telling you that sometimes I realize that God sees when we don't recognize that something is really off. Something may be really wrong. And, but we're not taking the steps to correct it. He's like, I love you enough and I want to see you saved. And not only that, I want to see uh, you good in your life. And so he lets things transpire. And he lets things get worse. And he lets things break so he can put them back together and make them new. Now, I am not a doctor. And I don't even know if this fact is right. But I have heard that when a bone breaks and it mends, that it is stronger in the place where it mends. Sometimes we're stronger after that trial or test than we've ever been because now we are not only equipped uh, with uh, experience, but there's a knowledge there that, hey, uh, I have seen what God can do when it looked like there was no answer, when it looked like there was no hope, when there was no way out. He'll make a way when there is no way, when it was all but said and done, man, when, when the curtain was about to call and fall and when I was ready to throw in the towel, he stepped in and fixed this thing and, and I was at my lowest and I was at my worst and, and it was really, really bad. But he came through and did the miraculous. It was broke, but it wasn't unfixable. And uh, there ain't nothing that he can't do and so we've got to remember uh, in this story about Lazarus that we have watched now the distress of a family we've watched a man who was sick and he went from sick to dying and then died he was sick dying and then died and Jesus still had the answer that was tough on that family to prepare his body and lay their brother in the tomb. It was tough, but Jesus still had the answer. Now, in verse 14 and 15 is, uh, I think, kind of sums up what Jesus is trying to do in this story. In verse 14, after Jesus has spoken to his disciples and let them know, said, you know, Lazarus is asleep and I'm going to go wake him up out of sleep. And they're like, whoa, man, if he's sick, you know, rest is really good for him. So if he's sleeping, he's doing well. 
in verse 14, Jesus just says plainly, Lazarus is dead. But then he says, and I am glad. Not glad that Lazarus was dead, but he said, I am glad for your sake that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Lazarus is dead, and Jesus allowed it because he knew he was sick, and he could have spoke the word and healed him. He allowed it to get worse, and if Jesus allows it to continue, it's for a reason. If he allows it to progress, then it is for a reason. Then he reveals the reason. It was for the intent that you may believe. And the word intent there in the Greek means in order that. So he's saying, and so I am glad... In order that you may believe, but it also means denoting the purpose or the result. He's trying to tell them, I'm glad I wasn't there so you can see why I do what I do. And you can see the results of what I do. A lot of things we go through is so Jesus can teach us why he does what he does. You know, sometimes we may not know why. We just know there is a why. Because sometimes we just see the result. But often we see both. We get the result and we realize this is what he was doing. This is what he was trying to show me. We pray about something and we can't figure out why it went this way. Boom, here comes the answer. And all of a sudden we realize there's the result of my prayers. And this is what the Lord was trying to show me and trying to teach me. So uh, when Jesus tells them, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you may believe. There was something that Jesus needed them to know, something he needed them to believe about situations, circumstances, but most of all about him. Jesus needs them to understand who he is. He says, I need you to believe. Believe what? Believe in him. But believe that he is more than a healer. They've seen him heal. They've seen him walk on water, feed multitudes. They've seen him turn water into wine. They know, I mean, things he can cast out devils. They know, you need to know I'm more than, I'm not just a magician. I'm not just a miracle worker. I'm more than a healer. I need you to know who I am. And so I let this thing progress. Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sake. It hurts my heart for Mary and Martha. But everybody's going to learn a lesson when this story's over with, and everybody's going to be glad when this story's over with. They don't know that yet. They're trying to figure, they actually think, well, uh, you know, that's where they want to stone you, but I guess we'll go with you and just die with you. Because they think we're going to show up for a funeral and they're going to bury us because they want to kill you in Judea. But we find out that he's more than a healer. Now, I also learned, again, that his delay is intentional. Us believing is what he's after. I'm glad I wasn't there to the intent that you may believe. I delayed this thing so you could believe in something I'm trying to get you to understand who I am, what I do, so you'll understand my ways. You'll trust me and serve me. It's not if he shows up as long as he shows up. But if you'll show up now, Lord, that would be awesome. You know what? As long as he shows up, I know that things are going to be all right. It might be getting really bad, but as long as he shows up, it's going to be all right. He knows how serious it is. He knows how it affects you. He knows how it hurts your hearts. He knows how desperate you are. But his purpose, 
His timing and his result is what is most important in every situation. Our level of comfort is not his greatest concern. Oh, he's a comforter. And he said, I won't leave you comfortless. I know that. But in trials and tribulations and tests and things and trials of our faith, our comfort is not his greatest concern. It's that your faith fail not. Peter, you're going to be sifted like wheat. That's not going to be nice. That's not going to be comfortable. That's not going to be the trial of your faith is uh, that fiery trial that talks about. Uh, the Bible says we as sacrifices are going to be salted with fire. That's not comfortable. But it's good. He said salt is good. It works for your glory. Whatever you go through works for your, for your good, for his glory. God's going to come through. And let me tell you, it just makes that victory that much sweeter. It lets you know again how good God is and that he can do anything. He cares about you. Remember, he loves you. He knows how serious it is. He knows how desperate you are. But you believing in him and trusting him and making it through is more important than anything else. Now, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sake. You may suffer so somebody else can believe. Hey, guess what? That's part of being in the body is that God may say, hey, oh, what can I do for you, Lord? How about go through a trial? Wait, 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 wait. Can't I do something else? <laughs> Can't I give another, just let me give another offering. You know, let me, let me go hand out flyers or, or let me, well, really what I need you to do is stand strong in this trial. What I need you to do is keep trusting me while things are rough. What I need you to do is be a light shining when it's getting real dark in your life. Sometimes you're going to suffer so somebody else can believe. Because I have decided that I would follow him. I have taken up my cross and I'm going to follow him daily. The disciples said, let's go also go so we can die with him. They realized that we're going toward a miracle under the pains of death. That it's not going to all, people are not going to love us always. They're not going to want to see us coming always. And things are not going to always be easy. But we have decided to follow him no matter where it leads. And I have told the Lord, I, would, you know, I didn't have any provisions in this thing. Uh, well, now I'm going to follow you as long as you don't give me anything hard to do. I'm not, uh, you know, the Bible says that I should endure hardness as a good soldier. Uh, don't get weary in well-doing. Well, why would I get weary? Because sometimes when you're just doing good, people's going to talk about you. They're going to walk away from you. They're going to treat you bad. Yeah. Sometimes when you're doing your best, they're going to cut you out, shun you, unfellowship you, whatever. Yeah, they'll do it in a, in a second. And all you're trying to do is do good. And the Lord said, you can't let all these other circumstances stop you from doing what's right. You don't overcome evil with, or evil with evil, but you overcome evil with good. So don't get weary in well-doing. Because even though it's tough and it's a rough season right now, you shall reap if you faint not. And so we hang in there knowing that this is hard. 
and this is hurting my heart, and this breaks me in my spirit, and, and I'm really having a tough time, but God is still faithful. And I've got to hang on to him and trust him because he will bring me out. Whatever answer he gives, it's going to be for my good and for his glory. And if I am part of bringing him glory, one place they, they beat the disciples and told them, said, don't preach in that name anymore. And they went out, so they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer. Blood running down their back. Where would you get them stripes? Preaching the gospel. And it wasn't that they were boasting or bragging, but they were like, if I can do anything to serve him and to further this kingdom, then I will do it no matter how many stripes they put on my back. Because one day I'm going to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. So uh, you may suffer to help someone else believe. Romans 5, 3 through 5 tells us that tribulation works patience, patience experience, Experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. Tribulation works as patience. The Bible says, let patience have her perfect work. Well, everybody says, I want the perfect will of God in my life. I want God's answers. I want to do just what he wants me to do. Well, sometimes to get that, you've got to have patience. Well, guess how you're going to get patience? Tribulation. Tribulation worketh patience. And then Patience, experience. Oh, if I could just get a little experience, I'd, be, I'd feel a little more confident. And then suddenly you start a new job and you've never done that before. You know how awkward you feel? The first time they say, okay, now you do one. And you're like, oh, I had never done this. If I had made 50 or 60 of these, I would have a little more confidence because I've got experience. And that first trial or test and things you go through, man, it's... But now after, after you've served God for some time, you keep seeing him being faithful and being faithful. Now tribulations work patience and patience experience. And now when you go through something, you just have hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. How come you still praising the Lord? Because I've got hope in God. Why? Because I've been through tribulation before. And it taught me patience and experience. And now I know you just wait on the Lord. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Wait on the Lord. God's going to come through. Now, I, I know I've got to move on. I don't know, you know what time we're getting to. I don't want to be too late. When you jump down to where Jesus and his disciples finally get to where Martha and Mary and Lazarus are, verse 20 says, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Not hello. Not great to see you, Lord. Praise God you're here. No, no praise, no thank. No, just it, here's what's wrong. If you had been here, my brother had not died. And she's, But I know that even now, whatsoever you ask God, God will give it to you. And Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said, yeah, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, which should come in the world. And when she so said, she went away, called Mary. And so Mary comes quickly. Jesus was not yet there, but Mary runs out. And you know what the first thing Mary says 
Lord, if you'd been here. I remember another story about Mary and Martha, and they were very different. Martha was running around serving everybody and losing her mind trying to get Mary to help and getting Jesus, hey, make Mary get up and help me. But Mary was sitting at the feet of the Lord listening, and he said, I'm not going to take that away from her. He said, you just worried about too much, Martha. Two very different sisters, but now this grief has put them on the same page. Where was the Lord? We sent word. Why didn't he heal him? Why didn't he come sooner? Evidently, they're talking about it because as soon as he gets there, the same line out of both of their mouth. Lord, if you had been here, if you had been right here, if you'd have done just the way we wanted it done, my brother had not died. They prayed. They sent word. What I have learned in this is that sometimes we may pray knowing what could be done only to see it not done or not answered the way we wanted it to be answered in a completely different way. Sometimes you are going to pray to God knowing what he can do only to see it answered in a completely different way than you prayed it. Because the Lord knows what's best and how to get the result he's looking for. Again, he could have healed him, but he waited because Jesus needed to teach them something. He said, there's an intent here for you to see purpose and result. There's some things I need to show you and teach you about me. You've got to see that some things. Because you know that I can heal people and open blinded eyes and make the lame to walk. But you need to see that no matter how bad it's gotten, I can still do the impossible, that I can still do things that nobody else can do. I've got to show you some things, and the only way to do that is to let it get to a point where there's no question about it. It's got to be God working in this situation. We have to be, I think about Mary and Martha praying and waiting and waiting, and these days go by, and finally uh, he dies, and now they you know, they're having to prepare his body, and they go and take him and put him in a tomb. And, and uh, I, I think how they must feel now because they prayed. They sent word. They asked the Lord. They let him know. They made him aware, hey, he's sick, and we know you love him, so we just know what you'll do. Don't always just say, I know what he'll do. He's going to do what he's going to do. Because what he's going to do, it will always be right. We have to be emptied out of all of our presuppositions about Jesus so that he can fill us up with a more complete knowledge of him and his ways. Sometimes we think all he can do is heal when he can resurrect. And that doesn't just mean physical healings. I'm talking about relationships. Sometimes he don't heal the relationship. He resurrects it. Yep. Sometimes he don't heal the situation. He brings it back from the dead. So you can see that he is everything, that nothing is too hard from him. And by the way, Mary and Martha, he still showed up. It might not have been when you wanted him here. It might have been a little later than you thought it should have been, but Jesus still showed up. And it's not uh, if he shows up, it's as long as he shows up. And when he shows up, things are going to happen. And so he showed up in his time. 
In verses 23, I'll read it again, 23 through 25, Martha, he is talking to her. And he told Martha, your brother will rise again. And she said, I know he'll rise in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. When Jesus showed up, he showed up in his time. And he showed up with a word of revelation that carried his power and his purpose for this situation. And he said, I want you to know who I am now, not just later. I know he'll rise on down the road. I don't have to wait till then because I am the resurrection. Anybody coming out of the ground is coming up by me. And if that same spirit that raised Jesus up dwell in you, I got the power to raise them up right now. I need you to understand. Quit, uh, you, you're praying like things have got to happen way down the road. I can do it now. You know, I, I know the scripture, and I, I even know how it's worded, and, and maybe it's just a play on words, but where it talks about now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Sometimes I, 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 I use now as an adjective to describe faith. Now faith. I ain't talking about future faith. Now faith. Have you got faith for what's going on right now, Martha? I am the resurrection and the life. And whosoever liveth and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He's asking you, do you believe this right now? Not for later. A lot of people believe the resurrection is coming, but what do you believe about right now why it's bad? Do you believe I can do something right now? Do you believe I can fix it right now? Do you believe I can step in right now? I'm here. Now that I'm here, do you believe I can do it? When Bartimaeus cried out, shouted, crying, the Lord heard his voice, and then he came to him. And he said, what do you want me to do? Well, now that you've been crying out, here we are. What do you want? That I might receive my sight. So he believed he could do it, right? You're acting like you believe it when you're screaming over here, but now that we're here... At this point, do you still believe I can do it? Because it's easier to cry and pray while nothing's happening and say, oh, God's going to do it. But then when the answer comes, do you believe that this is the answer that he sent? These are some things I've learned just because Lazarus died. That the Lord will do what he said he will do and that he is powerful enough right now, not just later. In verse 39 after he has spoken with Mary and, and now he's going out, uh, I want to see where you've got him at. Take me out to where you've laid him. And, and he gets to the grave and there's a great stone on it. Jesus says, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he had been dead four days. And Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. So, in verse 39, Martha says, Lord, it's four days. By now he's stinking. So, Martha, are you saying that this is too hard for me? That it's beyond me fixing? That I can't do anything with this? That just because it's four days, that I'm bound by time or circumstance? Are you saying that this is too hard or impossible for me? Do we ever get to a place where we say, Lord, that's, that's it. It's, 
it's too bad. There's nothing that can be done. Why? Is there something new that's too hard for the Lord? Didn't the scripture say that with God all things are possible? Isn't that what it says? And so in verse 40, the Lord reminds her, didn't I say unto you? Well, he said, said I not unto thee. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. Said I not unto thee that if you would believe, you should see the glory of God. Let me remind you what I told you just a few minutes ago before we got here. I am the resurrection and the life. And if you believe, you're going to see the glory of God. Didn't I tell you that? There was a man that had a son that was possessed with a spirit. Took him to the disciples. They can't do nothing with him. And so now the man don't know what to do. So he, Jesus shows up and he's like, I tried to get other people to fix this. They couldn't do nothing. If you can do anything, have compassion on us. And Jesus looked at him and said, if you can believe, all things are possible. Don't act like I can't do nothing. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And that man fell down and said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And Jesus, of course, he cast the spirit out of the boy. And uh, he told his disciples, this one comes forth by prayer and fasting. And so there are some things uh, that no matter how hard it gets, if we can believe, God's going to come through. He let Lazarus go ahead and die and not didn't get there while the body was still warm. Didn't get there while he was still laid out at the viewing. He gets there after he's been locked up in that tomb for four days, decomposing. I mean, getting rotten and stinking. That's what causes it, the stink. He's decomposing. Lazarus is returning to the earth. <laughs> he's, he's going away. It doesn't matter. Jesus can still do it. In verse 41, he, uh, they took the stone away from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes, and he said, Father, I thank thee that you have heard me. And I knew that you heard me always, but because of the people which stand by. You see, it wasn't even still so much about Lazarus. I've often wondered if Lazarus followed Jesus and he loved Jesus and he died loving Jesus, I have to imagine he was probably in the bosom of Abraham. Whew, the Lord brought him back. <laughs> I'm sure he opened his eyes. Was I dreaming? I was sure I was in paradise. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Maybe the Lord was telling him, hey, just hang out here for a little bit. You got to go back. Because I'm trying to teach your sisters and my disciples a lesson. Oh, I don't want to go back. Uh, you'll be back. Don't worry. You, you got to, I don't know what that conversation was like. Well, what, what I do know right now is that he, he's talking and he's saying, everything that has transpired here is because of the people that stand by. All these people that are around right now i got to teach them something about what I can do. And if you don't believe that, you can look down in verse 45. And after he's resurrected, it says, Many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. It wasn't just about raising somebody from the dead. It was teaching a life lesson to people who followed him. That I hear you, I love you, 
you can trust me, no matter how bad it gets, I'm still coming. I will always be there. I won't leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And he did. He showed up right when uh, it was at the worst. So in verse 42 or 43, when he had thus spoken, he cries with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Jesus has now proven, because when he said come forth, it wasn't a, a corpse that came out of that grave. Because it says, and he that was dead came forth. He wasn't dead anymore. He was alive. He wasn't a zombie. He wasn't being carried by some kind of spirit or anything. The flesh was made new. The blood began to flow. The heart began to pump. All the organs were working. His brain was firing. His eyes were opening. Uh, Everything that goes on in a well, whole human body was now working again. And Jesus has now proven that no matter how bad the situation is, no matter how the situation changes, I have an answer. But I also do things with purpose to prove who I am right now in your situation right now. And no matter how bad it looks, it's never past Jesus' ability to make all things new. In Revelation, he said, Behold, I make all things new. It is never out of his ability to fix anything, no matter how bad it gets. In verse 44, probably one of the greatest lessons out of this whole thing. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus says unto him, loose him and let him go. Stop living in the past. No matter how recently your situation has gained that status of being in the past. Lazarus was no more dead, no longer dead. Get those grave clothes off of him. Well, he's only been alive, you know, about 45 seconds, Lord. You know, uh, can he wear them for just a few? He ain't dead. Get them off of him. When Jesus is done in your situation, live like he did something. He told a man, he said, uh, when he, will you be made whole? Rise, take up your bed and walk. If I healed you, why are you going to keep laying here like I didn't heal you? Bartimaeus didn't go back to begging after he got his eyesight. Why? Because he wasn't blind anymore. And so why should Lazarus stay in grave clothes when he's alive? Oh, I, mean, I kind of like him. You know, I, I kind of like hopping around like this. I kind of like uh, the, the smell of all them oils and ointments y'all put in these bandages. You know, uh, they said the weight of those bandages could be like you know, 80 and 90 pounds after they anoint them with all that oil and stuff. So, oh, yeah, I like carrying around this extra Wait, and flies really love this stuff, and they all over me. So, yeah, I just think I'll take it off because it's over. Once God has worked in it, then, hey, if God has fixed it, then live like he fixed it. Think about this. The next day or a week later, Lazarus been out working. He comes in the house, and Mary and Martha's nowhere to be found. He's like, where are my sister's at? And he walks out and he sees them out in the graveyard crying and throwing dust on their head. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, it was so horrible. You died. 
I know. Oh, it was terrible. You died, and, and it was awful, and we had to wrap you up and put you in the tomb. And Hey, 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 do you see who you're talking to? I'm alive. Quit coming out here and grieving. I'm alive. Quit mourning. I'm alive. Quit living like I'm dead because I'm alive. You know what? When Jesus forgives you of something, quit hanging your head in shame and live like he forgave you. The Bible says if I confess my faults, it's going to go into a, a queue. And when some operating angel gets to it, he's going to submit it to the Lord. And then God will examine that. And then he, maybe he'll forgive you. It says, if I confess my faults to him, he is faithful and just to forgive me. And you know what? When me and him have settled that, I don't have to walk around with my head down anymore. I don't have to act like I, uh, I'm still messed up. He forgave me. And I'm not going to walk around acting like I'm not forgiven. I'm not going to walk around and act like he didn't wash me from my sins. And if he, res hey, let me tell you, if they lay me out in the coffin and he resurrects me out of that thing, I'm not going to say, hey, send that coffin to my house so I can sleep in it every night. No, sir. Hey, if you're well, are you just going to go back to the doctor? Hey, I, I just thought I'd. Hey, why are you still walking on them crutches? Well, you know, my leg was broke two years ago. Is it still broke? No, no, but I just thought I'd just keep walking on crutches. I hate to say it, but you're stupid. <laughs> That's, you're an idiot, man. What are you doing? I mean, that, that's, you know, unless you're trying to get you a handicap parking sticker, I don't know what you're doing. But, isn't it? And that's the way people do sometimes. It's like, I know that, the, that what Martha and Mary went through was traumatic. Hey, weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And when the morning comes, when the life comes, when the answer comes, man, embrace the answer. Turn loose of the problem and embrace the answer. You know, they, hey, get those black dresses off or whatever, them veils off, whatever it is y'all wear when you're mourning. Lazarus is not dead anymore. He's alive. Martha, get back to cooking and doing whatever it is you do, taking care of people and, and you know, quit acting. You know, Lazarus, the next chapter, he's sitting at the table eating with Jesus. He's not dead anymore. And as bad as things are, and it, and it can hurt bad and be traumatic and be the most awful experience you've ever had, but when Jesus fixes it, let it be fixed and then live like it's fixed. He said, Lazarus, come forth. So come out. We used to, you know, we'd be playing hide and seek, different things like that. You'd walk out and you'd say, come out, come out wherever you are. Well, that's, that's what Jesus is saying. If I can fix Lazarus four, day de four days dead, I can fix you. I can fix your situation. I can fix your problem. So come out. Come out wherever you are. Whether it's sickness, whether it's fear, whether it's discouragement, whether it's shame or guilt, whatever it is that's got you hiding in the shadows, come out and let Jesus fix that. Praise God. A lot of things I can learn about living from one man dying. A lot of things I can learn about the Lord. He said, I wasn't there for a reason. 
And it's so I could show, you know how many people have preached about that? And don't think I'm the first one ever preached any of this stuff. You know how many people's preached about that man that died since it happened? Jesus said, I knew it all along. How many people's lives would be changed and how they would learn to live just because Lazarus died. Um, he might have had to tell Lazarus that while he was in the bosom of Abraham. Lazarus, I know you don't want to go back, but you're going to have to because millions of people are going to hear this story. Why did I have to die? Why did it have to get so bad so it could save somebody else? Praise God. Let's stand together tonight. God's good to us. So I don't know what you're facing, what you're going through, where you find yourself right now, but I want you to remember these life lessons that we learned from the death of Lazarus. And go back and read John chapter 11 and, and look and see how Jesus did and what he did and why he did. And you'll soon see that he cares about you. He knows where you're at. Be patient. He's on the way. He's coming with the perfect answer. Let's lift our hands and pray together. Lord, we love you tonight and thank you. You are faithful and true. And I know tonight, God, that you see every need and every situation in this house. And Lord, as we strive to serve you, and Lord, we know that you love us, but we go through tough situations, hard situations, heartbreaking situations. But Lord, I have not seen anything that you couldn't fix. I haven't seen anything that you couldn't make better. Tonight, Lord, let us trust you more than ever before. And let us realize that all things work for our good. And all things work for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand tonight. What a great God we serve. I'm so thankful for him. And I appreciate you being in the house of the Lord tonight. I hope that this lesson tonight will help you and encourage you. And, and uh, you just trust the Lord. He's going to come through. Amen. God bless you tonight. If the Lord don't come get us, we'll see you Sunday. The Lord willing, going to have a great service in Jesus' name. God bless you.